Hello. Yes. Um, thank you to everybody who is still subscribed to Oafcast. It has been five months since my last podcast, and I have been deep undercover investigating as an independent investigator the Jeffrey Epstein case. I am coming back to you now on foreign soil to give you all of my findings. I have found out exclusive pieces of information and I have the only evidence available that will change the course of history. First, we're gonna, I got to uh, talk about a movie I just saw though. That's a pretty good intro, right? That's an okay intro. Um, hey, listen, I know it's been a long time. Uh, uh, I guess the last time I did the Avengers movie, it was okay. And since then, I forget all the things I've seen, mostly kids' movies, and I recommend most of them. Like, we saw Toy Story, right? Toy Story is good. Adam's Family sucks. What was the other one that wasn't good? Secret Life of Pets. Two. But that was over the summer, and I haven't done anything since then because I'm, um, I'm scared. I'm scared about public perception and about putting my opinions out there, and you know, just sort of being confronted with reality. You know, uh, maybe a lot of my ideas they haven't they haven't been fully tested. So to put them out there is a really tough thing to do. Anyways, that's for my therapist. Um, listen, um, last best movie I, I saw so far before tonight was uh, Hollywood, the Hollywood movie, the Tarantino Hollywood movie. Um, I don't even know the name of it. How, the, how Hollywood was won and uh, with Margot and uh, Matt Damon and um, cool lesby uh, titular uh, Charlie Mann's character um, that was an awesome movie that was a really really good movie if you haven't seen the Hollywood's in the West Tarantini's new film fantastic one of my favorite movies I've ever seen one of the best movies I've seen of the year that's come out this year after that uh, before tonight I saw Ad Astra which I had been looking forward to another fantastic film with Bradley Coopsers um, good stuff all around but I'm not here to talk about any of that because I saw something that I wasn't prepared for I watched no trailer I just knew it was coming and uh, uh, it's the new Kevin Smith movie the Jay and Silent Bob reboot I'm gonna insert clip of nothing and I'm gonna keep talking listen it's not on widescreen releases or anything like that. This is the night I just came home. It's October 15th. This is the first pre-screening, whatever. It was an exclusive event. Thank God there's some culture happening near me because I finally got to see a cool movie because I've missed every other fucking A24 movie I've wanted to see this year because they dip in and then they dip out. I guess I could have seen Midsummer, but I read it and I felt like that was good enough. Probably a mistake because I ended up watching Hereditary and now I feel like a fucking moron. But it's okay because two days from now I'm going to be seeing The Lighthouse. We'll talk about that then. We're here to talk about the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. If you're 
you're not a Kevin Smith fan, this is a waste of your time, and seeing the movie is a waste of your time. If you're a fan like I am, hey, stick around. Let's get into it. I'm not going to spoil anything because if you are a fan, I want to give you an opportunity to see this as clear as day like I got to. It's pure. Let's talk about that Tarantino movie I mentioned, Holly Weird. I don't feel like I've seen too many movies with big budgets that are truly artistic, quote unquote, which may sound pretentious, but I think the few people who listen may know what I mean. If you see any of these movies that cost over $100 million, you can see a lot of people are involved, a lot of visions have to come together, a lot of intellectual property has to be properly managed, things have to look a certain way, they have to feel a certain way, and audiences have to sort of all be accounted for, okay? I don't think the Tarantino movie gave a fuck about any of that. I don't know what its budget was, but you got some big list people in there. I mean, in both in both of your lead roles, uh, it's probably not cheap to have them cats up there. Um, I'm sure even though Margot Robbie didn't have a lot of filming and whatnot to do, I'm sure it wasn't cheap to get her on board. Uh, I'm sure setting up all of those sets and stuff like that, I know they're reusing a lot of Hollywood backlots and everything like that, but look, I don't think that Tarantino movie was very cheap to make. And uh, yeah, fuck it, let's pull up the budget. Uh, if you hear a toilet flushing, that's just a sound effect. Um, I forget the name of this movie anyways. Tarantino, Hollywood, budget. Once upon a time in Hollywood, $90 million. All right. I had just said anything over $100 million. That's pretty close. $90 million budget. It made $345 million. Holy shit. That's quite a return. God damn. $90 million. I don't see a lot of movies. You think it's because it was him? I think it's because of everybody. And it's Tarantino. And it's his ninth film. And he said he's only making 10. Listen, I don't hear about a lot of movies around this uh, this kind of budget being made that look and feel like this sort of thing. He's one of the few people that gets to do this. You don't get a lot of people on their third, second, fourth movie that get a budget like this and kind of get to do their thing. The reason that Denis Villeneuve is getting to do Dune and he got to do Blade Runner is because of the vision and because of what's already been established in a lot of his past films. It's the exact same thing, duh, with Tarantino. This is how you get here. You build your audience, you build your palette, you build your flavors, people know who you are, you get your, your sort of cult following and things like that, you get your reverence. But one of the things is, with Tarantino, in his own way, he did sort of commentary, if you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how Leonardo's character deals with being an aging actor and changing Hollywood, the references to all of these shows that you may have seen glimpses of growing up on TV land, but this was the actual TV that, you know, these are the shows that Tarantino grew up on. These are all his way of dealing with these things and retelling his version of these things, um, literally retelling a version of history and sort of giving his artistic flair on his commentary for the time. Now, 
Kevin Smith does not get a $90 million budget. Oh, well, let's look at the budget for this. I bet Jay and Silent Bob reboot budget. $25 million is my guess. $10 million is what it is, according to a quick uh, uh, thing. Nine times less. But I think that the message and the artistry is the same. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of Tarantino, you know what you're getting into. And if you're a fan of Kevin Smith, you know mm, somewhat what you're going to be getting into. And I think that for somebody like him, he, we've got a 25-year career that we can look back on. And... What was amazing about this film was how meta it was, how self-referential it was, and how much commentary there was on how things are now, how pop culture is now, how movies are made now. Um, you know what I was saying earlier about trying to get that wider demographic of people interested. It plays with all of those things, and at the same time, it harkens back to you know this sort of comedy that I think people are afraid to do because people seem to be afraid to take a joke and there's a lot of that in there you sort of like you have this push and pull of an old way of how things were done and how things were perceived i mean if you look back and you watch a movie like mall rats or clerks or something like that i mean chasing amy is littered with with brody saying faggot all the time you're not going to get that now uh, now these days and it's not that that's a bad thing and it's not that it's a good thing it's just that it's a new thing and when you have these new things coming along it could be hard for some people to deal with that and understand it. And what you're either going to do is you're going to get a hot, cold, you know, left, right, one and zero sort of thing where there's going to be, you know, you're either going to stay in your old ways or you're going to move forward. That was one of the things that Tarantino was dealing with and what Leonardo's character was dealing with, trying to understand these changing times, trying to contextualize things, trying to understand them. And as a whole, that's what Jay and Silent Bob reboot is about. You have these characters who, you know, they don't need to have the greatest emotional arc, though there is an emotional arc for uh, specifically one character. There is like these little heartfelt moments that are really great. And there's also this really hilariously done uh, meta commentary where if you're a fan, if you listen to something like Hollywood Babylon or Fat Man on Batman, or I prefer, I personally love Tell Him Steve Dave, you know, there's that in there. If you like all of his films, you know, there's the references to everything. We're still in the View Askew universe, but there's this thing where it's like the View Askew universe is also sort of melded into our actual reality. So there's this blurred line of where is the fourth wall? And it's not entirely properly established. And it's awesome. There's not a lot of shit like this being made. It is. I have not, I cannot tell you a movie I've been in recently where everybody in the theater laughed the entire time. Every joke that was delivered, we were all laughing. Now, granted, this was an exclusive thing. There was one showing tonight. There was one time everybody there were all obviously Kevin Smith fans. People have their their Babylon shirts or their Fat Man shirts or that people have movies hats. This guy in front of me had a movie hat. I was like, why? You know, I forgot about movie because yeah, I've only seen Clerks two so many times. But everybody there, they've seen you know all of these things, and there's jokes about all of them, and it's hilarious. And you also get new stuff. I mean, of course, I didn't watch a trailer or anything like that. So if you watch a trailer, I don't know. I'm not going to try and spoil anything. But like, of course, his daughter's in there. So you have these this fresh face and you have a facelift of things that are going on. 
and it is such a good romp. It was it is the best time I've had in the theater all year. Easily. Easily. I mean, I loved how the West was won. Loved it. I loved Ad Astrid. But there was just something about being... It felt more like, you know, when the movie's full. Back when I was living in Nashville and got to go to the glorious Belcourt. And it's like, you know why people are coming here. They're coming here because they're a fan of the movie. They're going to see it. When we all go to see Blue Velvet, it's because we're a fan. Nobody's like, well, I wonder what this is. Like, it's midnight and we're watching a David Lynch movie. We all know why we're here. And it there creates, there's a, there's a magic in the atmosphere. Maybe I'm fucking crazy, but look, there was magic in this theater. And this isn't the best movie of the year. This isn't Oscar. This isn't Oscar stuff like a $10 million budget. I bet they're going to be able to make that back. I bet they're going to be able to push enough. He's a smart enough guy. Like that seems like just enough of a budget to where you can do what you need to do. You can make most of your vision come to life and you can make that money back on your dedicated fan base. I want to go see it again. I'm going to, after this, I'm going to find the roadshow dates and I want to go see this again. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was one of those things where it's like, man, I, I was such a fan of this i didn't know that things could could kind of feel this way fortunate unfortunately i i don't live in san fran or la or, or something like that or, or you know nashville anymore where there's like these magic theaters and and there's this 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 magic wave of of, uh, of creativity can sort of come in you know you don't get like a nice midnight screening of gummo or, or anything like that um so it's just something that that I really missed. And I mean, hey, I'm fucking here five months later and I'm juiced about this movie. Um, not not because it was, you know, so so mind blowing, like, wow, I can't believe the effects were this or I can't believe the story and the characters were here. Like, no. I just had a damn good time. I laughed the whole time. There was like the touching moments when you needed to, but it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm sobbing like, oh, Cooper misses his daughter and he's in outer space. You know, it's nothing like that. It's just like, you know, th- you know, these people are getting older. And this is one of the things that Kevin said in going from, you know, making Clerks 2, which came out in 2006 to eventually after this, he's going to be making Clerks 3. And it's like, well, the whole thing is like, well, I've gotten older. And when I was, you know, I think Clerks 2 was the, was the, you know, your movie in your thirties. And then this one's going to be like your, you know, what life is in your forties. And as somebody who like, well, yeah, I definitely have witnessed the, a change between the last decade of my life and and this, you know, decade of my life that I'm sort of moving into, you know, I can feel that sentiment. And while I'm not, you know, you know, approaching 50 or anything like that, I can appreciate those, those nods that I see to the changing times. I can sort of understand like, well, you know, there, there's this new wave. Cause I kind of feel like I'm stuck in the middle of things, so, you know, between this like millennial zoomer sort of thing. And then this, you know, this, this boomer gen X sort of way uh, of how things are. And I can sort of witness this thing, you know, if I'm on Twitter or whatever, I can witness this cultural back and forth and then this movie sort of is able to be like well this is my interpretation of things me as in kevin smith and i'm taking on his persona and identifying with him right now because i truly understand his vision uh just just a joke and you know you can sort of see where these things can sort of start 
mending one another and and sort of agreeing with one another and, and you can find a new pace because originally I did sort of go in thinking like you know I've just been recently turned off to this idea of all of these comic book movies the more that I thought about it after the last one the Avengers Endgame part two or whatever um, no 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 I'm sorry I did see that Spider-Man movie which um, I did like and all that but uh, I'm gonna be honest with you I literally just now remembered I saw that um, so that was the last one I saw but then they announce all these new ones and I'm like I don't care I don't have any I don't have any I, when I saw that last one it did feel like well it's done and then I saw the Spider-Man one and I was like yeah it was good it was an awesome time I, I don't really remember how I felt uh, so I don't really care so I go into this and it's Jane Silent Bob reboot and they're obviously going to be tackling this idea of reboots and remakes which there's great you know diatribe about and you know it harkens back to the um original jane silent bob which was again it seems weird like 20 years later you're revisiting the same idea you have your 89 batman and you're going to be doing your new spider-mans and your new batmans and like batfleck is in it and there's commentary about that and we're going to be getting a new pattinson batman so there's like all these things that you have to play with and sort of deal with and I just kind of was expecting it to be more slighted um, how I felt going in, which is like, you know, these reboots are a joke, these remakes, like this, this never-ending intellectual property machine that just keeps churning out content and figures and Funko Pops and T-shirts and all sorts of just dumb shit. Um, but now I'm walking away and I'm like, yeah, that stuff's okay. That stuff's definitely okay, you know? Well, why would I be so upset about it? Because other people are going to get enjoyment out of it, and I don't I don't have to watch it, and it's a waste of my time to kind of hate on it and everything like that, which I did feel this unusual sort of anger at, just like a lot of these characters do. Like, a lot of this is like, how could they remake a cult classic? And I almost feel like that it's not like you know the next doctor strange is a remake or anything like that it's a continuation of what's been going on but like i just feel checked out of it and i feel like i because i was checked out of it there was this animosity that i had towards it because it's like well i just don't feel like i connect with any of this stuff anymore and that may change when there's a trailer out and i see it and i'm like damn they got me i do like the magic shit and i do like this trailer so i guess i'm gonna go see it but right now i've just been in this headspace of I don't care. I don't care. I want to watch every A24 film I can. Uh, again, reminder, two days from now, I'm seeing The Lighthouse. We're going to talk about The Lighthouse. But, man, this was a movie I'm super glad I saw. Not because I'd been really looking forward to it or because I'm walking away like, wow, storytelling and filmmaking. I've got so many new tools for my bag. I'm going to open up Final Draft right now. No, man, I came home and I wanted to talk about this because like, I do feel super jazzed that there is art out there, funny art, you know, not everything has to be, not everything has to be, you know, hereditary or ex machina or something like that. It's great when that stuff comes up every once in a while, but it is nice to get a break. I feel like I haven't had a break from any of that. I feel like there's nothing, I feel like you don't, you, you don't get a break, you know, Ad Astra was, was a, it was a big film and, 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 you know, the, um, Holly, Hollywood movie was, 
it, it was it was also a big film in a in a different way. You know, it had its own bigness with Tarantino attached b- behind it. And you know, I'd been watching some kids' movies and things like that with my because I have because I have a kid, not because I'm a creep. Um, thanks. You know, those you know, those are great movies. You know, I I don't I feel like I don't need to sit here and, and tell you how good a Pixar movie is or anything like that, but. You know, I feel like I just haven't had a break. I haven't gotten to see some sort of small budgeted sort of thing that just felt great. It feels like when something's small budgeted, you sort of know it is. There's sort of a a feel of what it is. It's kind of rare where, well, let's see, because I think the last thing, like, okay, good time budget. I saw Good Time recently, which was fucking phenomenal. Um, Okay, $4.1 million to make Good Time, okay? That was from 2017, which I just recently saw. I feel like if I had seen that in theaters, I would kind of feel this way. I just don't see... Because I guess it's just kind of where where I live and maybe I'm tuning into it more um, as I just go deeper, deeper down the, down the rabbit hole of trying to find these things. Like maybe they're for the past, excuse me, for the past couple of years, maybe there has been this revitalization. Damn, the popcorn's killing me. There has been this revitalization of lower budget, but big concept. Um, kind, oh, sorry. I don't want to say it like that. Lower budget, big impact. That's what I mean. Big impact. And I mean, you walk away and you're just sort of like, wow, film can still do that with a, with a, on a small scale. Because, you know, you do have some big names that get dropped and appear in Jay and Silent Bob, but it's like, we're just going on a road trip. That's kind of like the thing of it is like we're here and we're gone and we're here and we're gone and everybody's sort of like in a scene or two and has some dialogue and things like that. So you don't have to pay, you don't have to pay massive amounts of money. So 10, $10 million for, 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 you know, to walk away feeling like that. I feel like that's rare. I mean, good time. If you haven't seen good time, um, the Safdies brothers film $4.1 million to make. Um, let's see if I can get uncut gems, uncut gems budget. Uncut gems is going to be coming out in December. I think it is. Um, Oh, I can't get, um, uncut gems financial information. Uh, no box office, no, no budget, 135 minutes, December 13th limited 824 box office full financials and I got nothing yet um look guys if that's being made for 4.1 million I'm gonna say uncut gems is gonna be uh oh whoa no way 60 million dollar budget Oh, I was so wrong on this. Oh man, I love being wrong. That's going to be crazy. They're going from $4 million to a $60 million movie and everybody's been raving about it. Fuck, that's going to be sick. Well, I'm constantly losing with my points here because uh, that takes me out. But listen, besides the point, you're not here to listen to me give you financial information. You're here... Because I have important news about the Jeffrey Epstein case, but let me just finish my thoughts. If you're a Kevin Smith fan, this movie was awesome. This is like way, way more fun than Tusk, obviously. I didn't finish Yoga Hosiers just because it was late when I was watching and I forgot to go back and finish it. Dude, he's on a tear. We're on a tear. We got great shit coming out. 
we got good stuff coming out. If you kind of felt like me and you kind of felt like all this big budget shit, I don't know. I don't know all this other nonsense. I didn't know Insta when I was walking up there to the theater. I don't, I don't know all this other stuff. I see these trailers. I'm like, Oh God, who gives a shit? I want this. I want more of this. And it's not the budget. It's not the, the studios or anything like that, though. I've been picking my favorites. It's just like this idea of what it is to be a movie. Some things out there are content to be consumed and regurgitated. No offense. That's kind of what the Marvel movies are. They'll be remade. Be remade, they'll be redone. Somebody's gonna die, they're gonna be recast. People are gonna be up in arms. Some of them are gonna be cults, cult films. But like this, these are real. This is a real hearkening back to your cult, your cult film. This is a midnight movie. This is a movie for, for, for a select few. And there's something really cool about that. Now, obviously, if you're not a fan of all this stuff, you know, it's not going to do anything for you, but I want to give you hope. I want to tell you that there are movies being made that don't have huge budgets. $60 million, I'm not going to say is a huge budget. I'm going to say pushing past 75. If, if I'm going to say 100 million is pretty big, so Tarantino was approaching that, but there's a lot of names in there and, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of power and things like that. But look... $4 million, $10 million. Hell, that can launch you into $60 million. And if you can find these people who today can deliver, these are the people who tomorrow will be doing the $60 million. I would not be surprised if after this, Clerks is a huge success and then he gets something huge after this. Where's that Superman movie he was going to make? Where's the Fantastic Four movie that he was going to make? Give him one of those. He's been doing these episodes of Superwoman or whatever the fuck that show is. Give him something. I think he did some Flash episodes. Fucking give him something. 824 can pull shit together and the Safdie brothers can go from $4.1 million to make Good Time, which is a phenomenally fun film. Well, I wouldn't say fun. It's a ride. It's a dark ride. It's a oh, it's a dark ride. But they can go to they can go up to sixty million dollars and do this Adam Sandler uncut gems movie, which looks fucking phenomenal. It looks it looks like Adam Sandler is about to deliver the role of his life. I'm talking better than Mr. Deeds, my personal favorite. Real movies are still being made. We have not lost. Go to your theater. I had to pay, because what, I saw the Adams Family bullshit over the weekend, and I had to pay like eight or ten bucks a ticket or whatever, but for this one, because it was a special thing, it was 15 bucks, worth it. Fucking worth it. I'll pay it again. I'll pay it again. I'm going to see this movie again. I'm going to find the roadshow dates. If I have to drive to fucking Chicago, I'm going to do it. Great movie. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, obviously. I've got two fucking toys I'm looking at of Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson. Duh, I like this movie. That's my review of it. We're back. We're back, you guys. Ofcast is back. 
I'm hitting it hard. I got a lot of movies I want to see before the year ends. Two nights from now, I'm seeing The Lighthouse. Uh, it's probably not going to be up until I'll probably have this up. Again, this is the 15th. I'm going to try and pull, pull this up tonight, if not tomorrow morning. But I'm going to do The Lighthouse Thursday, the 17th of October. Expect it the 18th or the 19th. Um, it'll probably be a little spoilers, but we're going to shoot for another half hour of this now before oh oh before the fbi comes they're knocking on my door oh my god that's not a sound effect that's not even me knocking on my desk oh my god there's two of them listen guys i gotta tell you what i can right now before they come and get me jeffrey epstein was actually a rogue agent for